He is the modern day Don Nealon. But Don Nealon's mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. He's bought into the program. As the hills of West Virginia resound with the sounds of going through football. It is a great night to be a mountaineer wherever you may be. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. They shouldn't have played the old gold boot. I was watching the ESPN today and they showed a little thing about uh, our game tonight in the poll. And the whole U.S. was covered in red. And the only state, the greatest state in the nation, was covered in blue. That was West Virginia. And that's why we won this game. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads Webcast. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Steven. What's up, everybody? And our other co-host, Bradley. What's up? All right, gentlemen, so uh, what we're going to go with this episode, I just wanted to bring y'all some early depth chart projections, rather if I could talk right, early depth chart projections. <laughs> but um, It's been a minute, we're rusty. Yeah, it has, a little little rusty, been a minute since we've done a full podcast episode, so definitely a little rusty, but the roster pretty close to finalized now, no West Virginia may add you know, a couple more players or whatever, so we're going to do some depth chart proje- projections, just a two deep, uh, to make it a little bit more challenging, just a first and second string at each position, all three of us went through, uh, haven't talked about it yet, so it's going to be fun to see how that goes, but before we get into that and before we get into WVU news, just figured we could start with some off-topic babble, uh, just a little bit about, you know, what you guys been into this week, uh, Any seen any good movies, just anything you want to tell touch on you know before we get into the you stuff just kind of some fun little babble to start off with yeah i'll kick it off i uh i've actually had a good week been at the lake chilling at the memorial day weekend down in clater been having a good time uh big news for me though i'll actually be moving here soon so uh moving nice. down to charlotte trying to do some opportunities down there so big thanks for me on the way so if i'm here or not here you know that might be why so yeah that's what i've been up to man just been awesome awesome big moves congrats enjoying congrats. the summer yeah making yeah, moves congratulations man That's thanks awesome. i appreciate it sounds like we're all having a good time steve what's going on with you uh well i'm here so <laughs> i obviously don't work at uh my former employer mm-hmm. anymore uh, i actually started a new <laughs> job up, yeah uh, so nice. that's pretty cool yeah I'll, I'll be able to to join you guys a lot more often on here so that's that's a big plus yeah we like more steven in our plus. content yeah for and sure who, things who doesn't like more steven in their content you know yeah, i mean come on I mean, it makes it that much content. better yeah got to i'm here gotta to please people it. yeah things things looking please. up all the way around for sure um i want to go see that new top gun movie haven't got a chance to yet but yeah. i'm definitely planning to I do thought that you was gonna go see good, it so yeah man i was going to but then you know i just waited around too late and then didn't feel like going because honestly i like to go to the matinee and then if i wait too long yeah. it's not matinee price i'm like forget it because i'm cheapskate so I didn't, yeah, but uh, I had uh, started Stranger Things. What? Though I've watched like three or four episodes, uh, yeah, and it's great I, I so far. I was about far. to say Stranger Stranger Things is, um, two, maybe three episodes in. I think. Yeah, I'm about the same. I'm not gonna I haven't started it yet. I've been at the lake, so I haven't had access to TV. Well, you need yeah. to start Stranger Things, bro. Oh, I'm going it's to. Awesome. I, I'm going yeah, to. I, it's I've a lot different. A, this season is a lot different. That had yeah, to be. That's one thing. Missed two years because of COVID. So. 
Yeah, that's what I said. The show feels a lot different, and I was wondering, like, where they take it, you know, with all the characters, like, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen season three, but uh, moving in separate directions and stuff and being in separate places. But I like it so far, and, like, if it keeps up the way it is right now through these first few episodes, it might be my favorite season yet. So, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, it's got – That makes me excited, then. It's got kind of like a Halloween-y feel almost. I stole that from, from Hannah, by the way. That's what she said. But no, it does. It does. I I, I agree. It's a it's a it's different trajectory of the, the show. Now, I feel. So, yeah. 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 It's yeah. very. Can't wait know. to get into it. It's that, a good dude. show. You need. To I've, watch been it, for, right? I've been looking forward. I've been looking forward to it. I just haven't had a chance to get into it yet. You know. Oh yeah. Is, Definitely recommend. Have you guys seen Doctor sure. Strange yet? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Did you watch it? Brad, what are you doing, man? What are you? Man, I just haven't had time, man. I'm trying to move. I've had things going on. I told you. Bradley's grinding right now. It's a great. Great movie. I don't it's care what Sam all these Raimi. critics say. You know, I've noticed one thing. Critics, they're they're pretty opposite when it comes to reviews anymore. Because if I think a movie's good, most of the time the critics don't think so and the reviews are horrible. And then vice versa. Yeah. If I they if a movie they think has you know, they write a good review for, then I'm normally not a big fan of it. I don't know yeah. if that's a subconscious thing, but Yeah, no. The most uh, recent movie I, I watched, I watched the the last of the Fantastic B series. I, I watched the uh, the life of Albus Dumbledore. Oh, nice! You, nice. you watched the Secrets of Doubt. Oh man, yeah, I've been wanting to see that. I've been. See, I haven't like, gotten into second, it. The second one was an awful movie. I've been a little resentful because they took Johnny out. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I, I literally just recently movie. watched like uh, like in the past probably like six months watched all the Harry Potters for the first time. I'd never seen them, so I haven't seen any of the Fantastic Beasts yet. But I want to get into it now that I've, I've watched all the Harry Potters and I liked them. So I, I, yeah, I the you second Fantastic the, series. the second Fantastic Beast is bad. It's horrible. It's worth watching just to get some story stuff, but the movie itself is not good. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I enjoy them just for the storyline part of them because I'm a huge yeah. Harry Potter fan. It's I'm worth it. you like the back of it. Of the, yeah. If you're like a fan of it, then that's good. But yeah. I'm not a big yeah, as big of a fan as the the Fantastic Beast series, but they're still, you know, like you said, good for the story part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like I feel like if I sit down and watch it, there's not many movies that I like absolutely hate for the most part. I can be entertained, even if it's like I'm like, this is bad, but it's so bad it's good, but whatever. But yeah, Doctor Strange I thought was great. I feel like that it's getting hate on because it's so much different. Like they didn't stick to the typical like Marvel fo- movie formula. Like they did something different. It felt like a you could tell it was like Sam Raimi. They let him do his thing. It felt like one of the Evil yeah. Dead movies. Like literally, that's why I liked it. It had this heavy Sam Raimi. Yeah, there was a sure. uh, there was a bunch of uh, cuss words. They even threw a a, a GD mm-hmm. in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. it was heavy horror vibes. You know me, I'm a horror movie fan. And I love Sam Raimi's Evil Dead movies. So oh, it was yeah. right up my alley. So no doubt, definitely, man. no doubt, definitely. So definitely recommend Doctor Strange. Uh, recommend Fantastic Beasts and recommend a uh, new season of Stranger Things. So it's kind of what we've been doing. Plus uh, new jobs, people move on the move. So things looking up and uh, recommend going looking to up the for lake. WVU too. It's supposed to be nice in the next couple of days. Get outside, get you some sun. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that time Enjoy of year. It, so yeah. We need it right now in our world. We need to be outside and just, you know, yeah. after two kind of get, locked just up, just get away from things. Yeah. It's yeah. good to just get away from things, have a little release. And hopefully this yeah. podcast does that for some people as well. Just your little getaway. We talk, you know, yeah, just have fun, do. talk WVU and stuff. So uh, that's the goal. But uh, before we get into our depth chart projections, let's get into the news uh, portion of the show. Uh, we'll kick it off with uh, the host of the CRW Hoop show, bringing us some basketball news. Uh, Steven, got any uh, good updates on the basketball side of things? Uh, got a bunch of news. Uh, yeah. Uh, just coming out yesterday or I guess today rather. 
pretty early this morning. Uh, Rodney Gallagher is interested in playing both WV football and basketball. Wow, uh, that is hype. And Coach Huggins is apparently open to the idea as well, so that's pretty exciting news. Because um, I think we have one more scholarship for basketball that we could like make room for. We could like uh, pull one from somebody and have them go to a prep school, which has like been talked about. And I'm, yeah, because I've heard them talk about, uh, you know, we need that one last piece, like that one, one, one last piece, you know, and like this could be that option. So I'm telling you, he's no scrub either. He's averaged 18 points a, a game for his career as well. So yeah, and Steve and I were talking before this. He was actually known for his basketball in his hometown. That's what made him famous. Yeah. And so he's an amazing basketball player, and watching him play was really impressive. And so if he could come in, and I would say it'd be like a sixth man and play like 15 minutes and put up, you know, 15 points and a couple assists, then that would be amazing. So um, he just decided to go with football because you don't see very many 5'10 basketball players in the NBA. So that is why he chose football in the first place. But I think I bet he's super excited to just, you know, still stay in the game of basketball. Yeah. Um I got a, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Emmett Matthews, obviously, is returning to West Virginia. If you haven't heard that news, you've been living under That's a big. rock. That's big. Uh, Trey Mitchell, uh, he's coming from Texas. He's going to provide a great um, – I think he's going to be a good – he's going to be one of the most, uh, I guess, experienced players that West Virginia is going to yeah. have. Uh, Joe Toussaint transferring from Iowa. I think he's going to be really good for West Virginia. He's not very big. He only stands at six foot, one hundred ninety pounds. Um, but I seen, I read a thing earlier that, that said that he was pretty much the prototypical guard for Huggins, and I think that that holds true. I think if you look back, uh, guards like like Truck Bryant, I think he's going to be a guy that mm-hmm. that kind of fits that mold. Maybe not as wide a shoulder build, but but he's not a, a very big player. He's not going to score a whole bunch, but he's going to play with a lot of heart. Yeah, he's from New York. Getting back in those New York guys, yeah. I've missed that New York toughness. Uh, the next guy, um, another guy that's very experienced, is Eric Stevenson, and this is going to be his fourth stop. Uh, he's played at Wichita State, Washington, or th- sorry, third stop, fourth stop, yeah, and South Carolina, Wichita State, Washington, South Carolina last year, and then Journeyman. this year to West Virginia. So he is a uh, so he's a mobile player, I guess you could almost say. sounds like a Teddy Buckets. <laughs> A Teddy Buckets, yeah. Who did, who did not get accepted to any other schools. His career has ended. He was looking for another uh, home. I hate to hear that. Could, Teddy Buckets couldn't was, find one to land in. So he's sure, for sure going overseas and going to find some market in the overseas to play in. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He'll, he'll find a home. He'll be good to yeah. watch. He's Teddy Buckets Fun for a reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we got two. I'm uh, sorry. Lost my train of thought there for a second. Then two Juco players we got are Jimmy Bell Jr. Um, I think he's going to be a good inside presence for West Virginia. He averaged nine points and nine rebounds a game last year, and he also got 1.5 blocks a game last year. Muhammad Wagu is uh, – I think he's going to be – that. I've heard a lot of good stuff about this guy. He can blow by defenders. He He's quick uh, on a spin move, driving in the lane. So I think that while West Virginia loses a lot of its offensive presence from last year with shooting the ball, they're going to be able to drive to the paint, which is going to bode well for a Huggins coach basketball team because it's – you know, West Virginia is always, you know, not very – They it's not that they can't shoot the ball at a, very well, but they haven't always shot the ball at a very high mark. They've always made their money at driving the ball in the, in the, into the lane or getting it into the big guy. But that's all the transfer news. Another guy that I, w- I wanted to mention, though, was Courtney Ramey. Um, there's been a lot of yeah. talk about West Virginia reaching out to him. He's another guy from Texas that 
would really, really provide a lot of quality depth for Eric Stevenson. Um, and so that's one to watch. And I think that if he's going to announce where he's going, I think it's going to be fairly soon. So, so that's a good name to watch. But, um, but other than that, I think that people should keep an eye out for the West Virginia alumni basketball team, best Virginia in the, in the TBT. It'll be starting the West Virginia regional bracket will be starting July 24th. So that'll be on ESPN for, for everybody that enjoys watching the, uh, the former West Virginia basketball players like myself. Uh, there's a lot of, of fun guys to watch. Uh, Nate Adrian's going to be playing. I think Jawan Staten's going to be playing this year. There's a, a bunch of fun guys. John Flowers always plays. I think uh, Kevin Jones, obviously, he's KJ, probably going to be yeah. playing. Yeah, Deshaun Butler, I don't believe, will be playing this year. I could be wrong. He might be playing. I thought I heard he would, that he wasn't. I don't, I don't think so. I haven't heard that he is, but hopefully they uh, run through that thing and get the win this time. Hopefully I'd love to see him come home. Come on with that money, all those guys. That'd be great. So uh, definitely look yeah. out for that. They've had some good runs in the past couple of years, yeah. and then last year I think was the year that they uh, unfortunately had to. I don't. I don't guess forfeit's the right word, but COVID yeah. hindered the chances of of getting any any place into that tournament last year. That just means it's going to be a bounce back this year. So excited to see it excited for those uh, players joining the WV basketball team. And I think it's going to be a good turnaround season for coach Hogan and those guys. So I appreciate the basketball news there from Steven. That being said, let's bump it over to some recruiting news with the CRW recruiting man with the plan, Bradley, uh, what do you got for us on the recruiting front? Uh, Yeah. So recruiting has been pretty exciting right now. We've had, uh, of course, Rodney Gallagher, which Steven's already talked about and I'm sure everybody's heard about. Um, So, of course, getting him is a huge deal. I talked about him in one of my previous videos and about how we might invest in him monetarily and give him some NIL money. And it seems like WVU, I think the rumor is that uh, there's a lot of rumors going around that WVU may have paid like $500,000 or $200,000 or I don't know, some amount of money yeah. to get uh, Rodney Gallagher. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if w, uh, WVU did offer Rodney Gallagher some kind of money. Um, Cause we're in a position where we can do that. Like we are a good program and people want to, you know, say, Oh, West Virginia paid him. We're in the position to do that. And that's the game right now. And um, I'm not going to feel bad for, you know, doing exactly what everybody else is doing and making my, which I complain about a lot. Tampering and selling players off money to people with money is rubbed me wrong, but, you know, telling a kid that we've recruited for four years that, you know, Hey, we can even give you some money now to help you out. And, you know, I don't think that Rodney Gallagher is in it for the money. I think that he was here for the family and I think that that's what we really want. So, you know, people can say what they want to say about the money, but he came here because uh, he really likes it here. Um, A really important date for uh, the Mountaineers coming up is going to be this weekend of June 3rd. We've got a lot of recruits coming down and in that, I know we've got, um, I got it up here somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So I know we've got a big one to keep an eye on, which is probably going to be the biggest name this weekend. It's going to be James Hurd Jr., which is a guy out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's a four-star athlete. Uh, his top schools are Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia. Um, he's visiting on a weekend where we have a lot of big recruits coming in. And Rodney Gallagher himself, I think, is supposed to be here this weekend, and he's going to be recruiting these guys very, very hard. So that's a four-star commit that we might see uh, locked down a decision date. He's really liked West Virginia University, so I think we've got a good chance of locking him down. I even think we're crystal balled for James Hurd right now. 
So definitely a four-star athlete that's going to bump up our class even more. Uh, the other one I really want to focus on here, and I talked about him in my video with Rodney Gallagher, and that's Joel Starlings. He's a defensive lineman. He's a big dude, stands out on the field. He's massive. Um, he would really fit well in West Virginia University's uh, defense. We really have great – we have a history of great linemen. Um, you know, you go back to Bruce Irvin, you got Darius. Uh, you know, there's countless Mountaineer linemen that you can think of that have made their name. So he's a guy that would really – flourish here. He is actually com currently committed to UNC. Uh, that was kind of out of nowhere. I felt like that was kind of quick because I'd been following his Twitter a lot and he had shown a lot of love to, I actually thought he was considering Oklahoma because he was always tweeting out Oklahoma stuff. And then out of nowhere, he commits to UNC, which is a great school, but it just seemed a little quick. Um, he still is going to, I think he's still going to keep his visit this weekend. He was supposed to visit this weekend and there's rumors that he still might visit. And I think he will. So uh, he's really close with Rodney Gallagher. And I think that this is a guy that Rodney Gallagher is really going to be in his ear and uh, trying to talk him up. But yeah, we've got a, a couple more four stars. I'm not going to name them all in this uh, bit, but I might do a recruiting video on this weekend coming up soon anyway. So yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Mountaineer and it's shaping up to be one of the best classes that Neil Brown's ever had and that we've ever seen at West Virginia University. I mean, getting Rodney Gallagher was the first domino to fall in a long chain of events that's going to really shock Mountaineer Nation. So, yeah. I disagree with Absolutely. that statement. I think that Nico Markiel was that domino, the first domino anyway. It probably was, honestly. Yeah. I feel like I feel like recruiting kicked up like that kind of was like started and it's been kicking up even more ever since. And then now it's just climbing and climbing because, you know, Mark Yolwatz is one of the highest quarterbacks, top 30 recruit. But then you get Gallagher, you know, the following year, who's you know the sixth highest recruit WVU's ever had. So it's just like continues to build and build. And if they continue to do it, it's, it's going to be impressive. I put a thing up on our Instagram. I, I don't know if you guys saw it or not. But and if you're not following us on Instagram or on there now, check us out. Country Roads webcast, by the way. But just. Just quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver that's going to be, you know, WVU's leading ones in the next few years. Nico Marchio, Rodney Gallagher, and Caden Prather. All three were top 30 recruits in WVU history. I think Caden Prather's top 15. Gallagher, as I said, sixth. And Nico's right there, you know, in the 20s. So, all and that's just those guys. Then you also had Wyatt Milam, who was like the seventh raised, rated recruit in WVU history. I think when you look at the top 25 recruits in WVU history, like five of them have been Neil Brown recruits. So, I mean, what is that? 20% almost, I mean, of uh, the recruits in the top 25, and he's only been here four years. So I think it's going to continue to build and build, and I'm really excited about where recruiting's at right now. Yeah, that's super. It's it's definitely trending upwards from here, and I think that, you know, Mountain Nation has started to recognize that, and so I think that's only going to go up and up and up. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I so mean, like recruiting is big. a domino effect in and of itself. I mean, like if you get better recruits, then that just only bodes well for the future recruits that you get, you know, from there on out. I'm pretty sure that yeah. JT Daniels was, you know, it wasn't the only thing that affected his decision, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, Will Greer coming to West Virginia was, right. you know, at, I'm pretty sure he said that it was some part of his decision at least. So those things lead to better recruits in the future. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that's some good good recruit news. Great, great news uh, program, potential program changing news for West Virginia this week. I appreciate Bradley bringing the recruit news. I'll flip it over to the football side, talk about some uh, WVU football news. But before I get into WVU-centric stuff, I wanted to talk about a couple things, more broader picture uh, NCAA and conference-wise, and that was the 
couple rule changes the NCAA dropped recently. Uh, one being no more divisions are required for uh, conference uh, for conferences once they're above you know a certain amount of teams. Don't have to do divisions. Can just have your top two teams play for your conference championship game. Which, as we know, the Big 12's kind of had that going already. But now the teams with the larger um, larger number of teams in their conference, the conferences with a large number of teams in there, uh, don't have to do that anymore as well. And I think Oregon's already said they're going to go – I mean, not Oregon. The Pac-12 said they're already going to go ahead and implement this right away and just go to – I think I think they're doing like a pod-type system. So a lot of conferences are going to do pod-type systems or what they're calling the 335 uh, system, which is essentially you have three proje- projected matchups each year um, that you'll play every year in your conference. And then the other uh, – five games will rotate and then the other three games being your non-conference games. So that's big. I think moving forward, especially for the big 12 pretty much solidifies that it won't be divisions when the big 12 adds these new teams in 2023, it'll probably be either the pod system or you'll have three protected matchups. Uh, so that's interesting. And then the other one being that uh, recruiting wise teams can now stay at the scholarship limit of 85 instead of having in the past you had a class where you capped it at 25 you only had 25 commits you could get now you can keep your roster at 85 scholarship players at any time so if you lose if you're at 85 lose three players to the transfer portal you have three more scholarships you can go out and get three more players that's big moving forward i think here in college football and something west virginia can utilize and, and teams can utilize right away really because i think technically the rule doesn't go into effect until july but uh with the way that you can borrow from next year's classes anyway um people can go ahead and start utilizing that so west virginia technically filled up their scholarship limit but we've seen them add an extra player already and they may still add one or two more now with this new new rule change so that's uh big college football wise yeah and on that hold on 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 that you also got to think about the fact that neil brown coming into a rebuild has had to deal with the fact that he could not have more than 25 scholarship players until recently and he we just now hit that 85 scholarship limit so in the past four years like we have not even gotten close to that limit i think it was at 50 something when neil brown first came in yeah, low 50s. And low 50s. yeah, that was just unacceptable. And so you think about the fact that he's had to deal with that. This limited rule, like this is the rule that's been limiting him since he's been here. Had this not had this been taken away two years ago, Neil Brown probably has this team in shape at that moment, you know? Right. So it's just crazy to, you know, something else to think about when people, you know, hound on Neil Brown is the fact that, you know, we just now hit that 85 scholarship limit, you know? Yeah. This is just – that's what I've been saying to people a lot is like this year right now is when you're really just going to see like the tip of the iceberg of Neil Brown's program because he's had the chance to weed out players and stuff. You know, maybe in the beginning he had to go with certain players he didn't know that really fit the culture or not, but now he's got the point where he can kind of make sure the players fit the culture. He's got that culture established, and he has pretty much all of his players. Um, This year will be the last year that he has, you know, recruits from the previous regime, but next year will be completely his players. So pretty much his program now. And this year, I think is when we're really going to start to see how that looks uh, moving forward. So I think it's going to be a big year and I love the rule. I think it, you know, it's a few years too late probably since, you know, the transfer portal came in, you know, a couple years ago or whatever, but at least they finally got around to doing something to helping these teams that are being poached with transfers and things like that. So good for scholarships, Uh, more West Virginia football related news. Uh, One thing I did want to point out is uh, JT Daniels was announced to be signed by country roads trust West Virginia's NIL collective group. I think we all kind of expected that, but it was made official uh, recently. And I think he's doing actually a camp with through country roads trust, trust kind of starting off was one of his first things i'm sure we'll hear about other nil deals for the now mountaineer quarterback who has officially enrolled now but uh 
that was one that I wanted to point out. Other than that, uh, West Virginia football news related is uh, game times have been announced for the first four games of the 2022 season and two others. And those will be, of course, the first game of the season, the season opener on Thursday, September 1st against Pitt on the road. And that'll be at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Second game of the season will be the home opener, and it'll be Saturday, September 10th against Kansas, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. It's Plus. a night game. Then finally, finally. Finally and a good night the next game. week. I mean, LIU was also season. a night game, you know. Yeah, or but no, it was like at LSU. 5-ish. It was like, Towson, it was like not dark yet. Yeah. Um, so then uh, the next week, West Virginia plays Towson, also at home, and that'll be uh, Saturday, September 17th. That's also, that's also on ESPN+, Plus, but it'll be kicking off at 1 p.m., and then fourth game of the season on the road at Virginia Tech. Another primetime spot on ESPN on a Thursday night, September 22nd. That one kicking off at 7.30. Then two other game times, uh, one game time and one network announced uh, Thursday, another Thursday night contest for West Virginia. Another night game for the Mountaineers against Baylor, 7 p.m. on FS1. And then later on in the season, November 26th, the game at Oklahoma State will be on ESPN But the time is to be announced. So home opener is a night game, will be Neil Brown's first night game as head coach in Morgantown. So it took him four years to finally get one, but he does get one and will have at least two also. So you get the Kansas game and then the Baylor game, both being night games at home. So finally some night games for Neil Brown and uh, getting the kickoff time. At least two and you're playing four. Uh, I mean, off the rip. So, I mean, you get primetime spots to prove your worth. Yep. Yeah, right. somebody somebody in West Virginia's athletic department is fighting tooth and nail to get those night games. They're, they're like, well, we can put them on a Thursday, and it's like, whatever, fine, give it to us, give it to us. I don't care. It's like, just stop giving us yeah. noon games. I know I've Shame seen a lot line. of people complaining about the Thursday, but I'm actually excited for it because like I'm, it's like the Big East days. We always had those great weeknight games, and we really made a great run through those years. So for me, it's like nostalgic, and I'm hoping we can like recapture some of that magic from those old Big East games when we played, you know, on the weeknights. Yeah, no doubt. I think that it's, I think because the Thursday night games have mostly been filled with like, you know, the, the Mac games and the WAC games, yeah, true, you know, true. like the Boise States and like those types of games and like Houston would play on Thursday night or somebody like you know, those types of teams. But yeah, if West Virginia can, too. you know, I mean, if West Virginia and Pitt are playing on a Thursday night and West Virginia and Virginia Tech are playing on a Thursday night, that's, more prime time than any of those games. Are Definitely. Going to be, so. uh, you're have all the eyes on you, especially that season opener, because that's like one of the first games of the season. Because you know, you're two yeah, days and that's one of the most, everybody else is playing. It is the first game of the season against Pitt. Is the first game of the football year. That's what huh. I thought. I didn't know well, if there was any a lot like, of people, earlier that week or not or what. But no, we are the a first lot of lists of out year. there that have that as one of the most no, most notable games of the entire football year. Oh, it's right huge. Now. Yeah. huge game. I saw a top five non conference games, and we were two out of the top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. So it was uh, either Pitt, either Pitt or Virginia Tech. Uh, I think it was Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Um, was playing. Uh, or maybe Pitt was playing Florida State or something like that. It was. It was also up there. Yeah. Well, no, because that's ACC, so that's still. Well, I think I know Texas and Alabama play what third, third, third week of the season. I think that'll probably yeah. be a good. I'm sure that one's up there. So, yeah, but Pitt and West Virginia, everyone, that was the other everyone one. knows the backyard brawl. They're excited about it, and you know, especially with Pitt coming off the season that they were, and we're thinking West Virginia is about to turn the corner. This uh-huh. is a really like I mean, not only is the backyard brawl returning, but man, it's just huge. Well, and West Virginia's yeah, I mean, next know, two games are I mean, Kansas like, and Towson. So if you beat Pitt, you probably starting three and zero. Yeah, I don't want to count my chickens. 
You know what I mean? No, I mean, me neither. Whatever but you, the if, you know, if we lose to Kansas and Towson, it's not going to be the season I think it's going to be, you know? Yeah. We got a, we got a better chance now than what we had maybe three months ago. So, yeah, very true, very true. That Jordan Addison news, you know. Uh, sorry, Pitt fans, but I was very excited about that one. That uh, turned things for me for sure. I mean, I know Pitt's yeah. defense is still going to be good and stuff, but I think West Virginia's chances have went up a lot with the addition of JT Daniels and then Pitt losing Jordan Addison. So, and both of Pitt's quarterbacks. Of if you've seen their too. spring game. Yeah, if you've seen their yeah, spring game, gonna... Keaton Slovis did not look good in their spring game. He's not used to that pro-style offense, I don't think. So, I mean, he may get it going and get into a rhythm, you know, through training camp, but neither one of their quarterbacks looked that great in their spring game. So, I think it's just a matter of if our offense can find ways to score on their defense. So, Graham Harrell and JT Daniels going to be tested right away, but that that's what's going to decide the game, I think. I would limit it to even more than that. I would say it's literally going to be a game between our offensive line and their defensive line. Their defensive yeah, line true. is returning. Exactly. Let's, not, let's not get into a game preview yet because yeah. – yeah. I mean, It's, it's, it's a little boy. far out, but <laughs> it, their defensive line is stout. They, they've, what, been top five exciting, in the nation though. in sacks yeah, two years good. in a row or something like that, I think. So, yeah, our offensive line is going to be tested right away, but have faith in this offensive line. So, um, that's first game of the season. We're a little bit way far out from that, but we can talk about who we think is going to line up and the starting positions for the Mountaineers from uh, way too far out are way too early depth chart projections. But rosters uh, pretty much nearly finalized, so I figured it'd be a fun time to run through this. Uh, just doing a two deep at each position, so first and second string at each spot. Uh, we'll just start it off at the top with quarterback. Uh, whoever wants to take it first, who's your first string quarterback? Who's your second string quarterback? Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, I got JT1, and I actually got Goose2. Ooh. Interesting, yeah. interesting. That That's what I like about this. Is it's game. going to be interesting to see who we all put as like the second at positions where yeah. they're they have three. It's or four no guys knock on GG. I, I like Garrett Green, but I just think that I don't know. I I really think Goose showed out in the spring game, and I really think he that did. he he showed you know wh- why West Virginia put him on scholarship in the first place. And I think that he's got a chip on his shoulder a little bit, even though you know they don't have any animosity. I think they have a, a tight knit group in the quarterback room. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I got a good feeling about Goose. I like it. I like it. Uh, Bradley, what do you got? You got same. You got something different. What's your uh, one and two? So I, I I would say that it goes J T Daniels, obviously, and then I'm yeah. going an or situation, and I'm going to say Nico Markiel or Goose Crowder. Oh, he took the or. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think Nico red shirts though. You think Nico's? <laughs> I wanted to do shirt? that. Well, here's I'm gonna tell you what I think. I think he might that, still red shirt. Well, yeah, that's what that's what because I'm gonna tell you right now. I have JT one, and uh, I have I have Nico too. So um, I think that um, Nico, I think he's gonna you know continue to get better and better. He's a freshman, just gonna take a while. But what I like about that situation is JT is probably gonna ride out as your starter all season, and Nico can play in up to four games, you know, and still redshirt. So potentially he can get in in some mop up duty, or if you know something happens, JT gets you know knocked out for a play or something, he can come in, you know, for four games. So I think you could utilize him as your backup quarterback and still redshirt him potentially. So um, you know, I think if it comes down to where he has to lose his redshirt, then maybe you'd see Garrett Green or Goose. But um, I don't know. I like Nico a lot, so I I, I got him second. Just, I also uh, like hoping, Nico. I guess. I just. To be honest with you, I forget that they can play in up to four games with that red shirt. So I was really yeah. taking that into account. I, I think Straight going into this, I think the reason why I choose or, I think going into the spring game, I was expecting Garrett Green to come out as the definite number two. And after yeah. watching it, I think that it's going to come down to between, I think Goose thinks that he might be able to beat Nico. And I think Nico knows that he's the future. So I think that that's why those two are battling it out. 
definitely. That's the most interesting thing about this to me is throughout the spring, I think, you know, all three of us would have probably agreed Garrett Green's looking like, you know, the starting quarterback, you know, through the spring, you know, everybody in the coaches were saying he was looking good. And then just how quickly the spring game changed things and, you know, things we saw. And, you know, we all kind of think Goose is ahead of him now and Nico's got the best potential. So it's almost like he's kind of feeling like odd man out in, in some ways, yeah. but wouldn't be surprised this to see him actually weird. be the backup. Yeah. They say it's weird because Garrett Green was so good throughout the spring there. Like, it was so weird that he was mm-hmm. bad, but that's sometimes that's just what happens. You get underneath that pressure mm-hmm. and you crack. Yeah. And, I mean, and Neil Brown said that this is a final and it means more. So, if it means more, is that why we're, you know, yeah. Garrett Green's That's down. true. That's true. It's the final, final exam, they said. So, um, interesting to uh, see how quarterback plays out. Uh, JT Daniels, definitely going to be the starter. We all agree for sure. I'm sure they're going to say it's a competition, but, you know, I'd be shocked if it wasn't him. And we'll see who ends up as second string. But uh, next position we're going to go on is running back. I'll kick this one off first. Um, I went first string Tony Mathis. I think that's um, almost a given at this point with the good things that's been yeah. said about him. Second string's where it gets interesting because I think you got four guys that are going to play. But uh, I went with Lynn J. Dixon. I just love his breakaway speed. He's going to give West Virginia the home run ability they haven't had in a long time. I think he's going to break some big plays. So I really like Lynn J. and I put him second string. Uh, what about you, Brad? I think Tony Mathis is number one. I think he's really shown the explosiveness and the hard running that we really love to see in a West Virginia running back. He excites me. Anytime he touches the ball, I get excited. So I definitely got Tony Mathis number one. Number two, I think it's Justin Johnson, and I think it's probably Justin Johnson by a good bit right now. Uh, they've talked about Lynn J. Dixon just like not necessarily getting to the weight that the staff wants, and that might show like a lack of commitment to it. And Justin Johnson's a four-star athlete. I mean, he was one of the best recruits in our class last year, if not the best recruit in our class last year. Uh, might be behind Caden Prather, but great recruit, four-star, I'm pretty sure, last year so. Um, we've heard good things about him, and I think that he's ready and he's hungry and he's willing to do it. And, you know, Lynn J. Dixon was some good competition to come in here and really push him. So I think that that's probably only made him better. So I think that he's my solid number two. And then uh, Jalen and Lynn J. are battling out for uh, the extra reps. I do think Definitely. we'll see all four, though, but I think that yeah, it's going to be Yeah, Justin I think Johnson all four will second. play for sure. I like. I mean, that's what I said. They're going to play some two running back sets. I feel like too. So it'll definitely be easy to get all four of them on the field when they're using two at the two at one time. So I uh, definitely, you know, don't disagree that Justin Johnson probably right now is the favorite to be that second spot. I'm just kind of uh, projecting that maybe Lynn J has a good camp or something. I guess. But uh, Stephen, what about you? What do you got? Uh, first, second string running back. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you guys. I think we're going to see a lot of different rotations of backs this year, uh, but. I, you got to go with Tony Mathis at number one, and I would go Lynn J. Dixon number two. I would I, I would actually argue that I don't know. I think Lynn J. is going to going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think that he might get a lot more reps. Um, I think that he might maybe not as equal amount of reps as Tony Mathis, but I don't think that he's going to be swapped out as often as a lot of these other guys are going to be swapped out. Yeah. I think that he's going to be able to be utilized just as much as Tony Mathis in a lot of situations. Yeah, Tony Mathis is uh is he's really came on and impressed me because I thought when we landed Lynn J. Dixon, I was like, okay, that's Letty Brown's replacement. But then you know Tony Mathis had the end of the season that he did and has really came on strong. So I, you know if I was doing this show at the end of last season, I would have said you know Lynn J. Dixon. But now Tony Mathis is definitely definitely the guy and toss up for you know who gets you know the next most carries I guess after that. But uh, Let's talk about the guys outside. You know, West Virginia lost some wide receivers to the transfer portal, bought some, brought some in, bringing in some JUCOs. Uh, a little thin there in the spring, but as I said, you know, the JUCOs coming in the summer, and you got some young guys that contribute there. But you have 
three uh, solid guys you got to think in Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James, and Caden Prather. But let's look at them by position, uh, starting with the X wide receiver. Um, who do you got there, uh, first and second string, Bradley, at the X wide receiver? Okay, X, I've obviously got Bryce Ford Wheaton starting. I think that we know there's a pretty strong three-man group of our wide receivers with Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James, and Caden Prather. So I think that, you know, all of us are going to have Bryce Ford Wheaton starting. After that's when it starts getting funky because we've got this top three and then the rest behind them are really just battling it out to see who's going to get play time. Um, But I think playing behind Bryce Ford Wheaton is probably – going to be a toss-up between uh, Jarrell Williams and Preston Fox. I think Jarrell Williams is going to be used in a lot of different ways, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up in another spot as well. Him and Roland Early helped, helped him a lot, I think, for sure, to get to get ahead of the curve and um, you know get his foot in the door and maybe potentially serve as the second stringer there for sure. He's definitely in the in the competition. By, but what about you, Stephen? Who do you got first, second string, X wide receiver? Uh, yeah, I think you can't argue with BF up on uh, first string. Um, I'll probably put Jarrell Williams at, at at my two spot, but Cortez Bram is also got to watch yeah. for. I think that he's, I think that he's also going to see a lot of playing time. And yeah, I think sure haven't, haven't heard much from him uh, once he gets on camera. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah, kind of hard to judge. He's kind of hard to judge, but he's talented from the film that you've seen from. Him. So, but I would put sure. Jarrell Williams in there. Preston Fox, like though, obviously. Preston <laughs> Fox is the wild card game. for sure. Yeah, I think it's if he can just field. do it. Yeah, can he do it against number ones? Is all that yeah. is, is the question. I mean, he's showing a lot of heart, and I mean that usually is the main ingredient. So if he can keep on sure. on the track that he's on right now, I think that kid's going to be special. For sure, X wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. I think I think well, he's earned it for sure. He's going to have he's going to have the opportunities to see see if he can get up there. And he's and he's definitely in the competition, you know, for that second string spot. Uh, for me at X wide receiver, I went Bryce Ford Wheaton first string. Of course, agree with you guys. I think you know, like as we said, the top three is kind of pretty much solidified, and he's definitely one of those. Uh, second string, I went Cortez Bram. Actually, I think Jarrell Williams has potential to, uh, to factor in there, but. Um, you know, I like the ju- the junior college experience. I'm pretty high on both those JUCO guys, uh, more specifically yeah. Jeremiah Aaron than Cortez Bram. But uh, I think Cortez Bram's a guy that can play on the outside more and more of a possession guy, whereas Jeremiah Aaron's more quick, tr- quick, tr- quick twitch might fit in the slot a little better. Don't know if he'll be there man, right away, but I think that's where his uh, where his future is today, Junior. But uh, yeah, I like I like Bram there, but I think there's definitely a lot of guys to factor in. Uh, let's talk about that uh, slot position, though. Uh, important position in Graham Harrell's offense. That Y receiver in the slot has uh, done big things there. We've seen Drake London at USC have an awesome year and a high draft pick last year. Um, I'll kick it off. I'm say Sam James, first string there. That's my guy. I think it's going to be the best year of his career this year. I know we all loved what he did his freshman year. I think he's going to top that this year, playing in that wide spot in this Graham Harrell offense. So I'm really excited about that. Got him first string, second string, Reese Smith. I like Reese a lot. I think he make, catches everything. Going to be a good third down guy to go to. Um, faster than people realize, I think, as well. He'll have a chance to maybe showcase that this year. So I'm hopefully and definitely a guy moving forward after, you know, Sam James moves on that's going to play a big part in the West Virginia's future. But uh, what about you guys, Why wide receiver? What do you think, Stephen? I agree with you, Sam James and Reese Smith. But I also think Grayson Malashevitz might see some, see some time at that position as well. I do. Bradley, uh, got anything different? Uh, no, I think I'm going to go with Sam James. Obviously, he's going to start. And then, yeah, I, I think all three of those guys after – that can play, but I really think that we might see a little Garrett Green here. So, well, hey. GG okay. in the Y action. So, I, 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 might, like to I see think it. he, I think he might get tossed in there with that rotation. 
Um, if not, I think Garrett Green might be gone, gone. So, yeah, yeah, kind of feeling that way right now. But we'll see. We'll see where it lays. Uh, I would yeah, I'd love to fall make the switch and get on the field for sure, for sure. Um, okay, last wide receiver spot, the Z wide receiver on the other side of the field. Um, what are you thinking here, Bradley? I'll let you kick this one off first. Um, of course, I'm going Caden Prather number one. Um, everybody's talking big about him. He's exciting, and uh, he, he's got a lot. A lot of eyes on him this year, so I hope he really lives up to that expectation, and uh, he can really make a name for himself this year. He's got a lot of young, hungry guys coming in behind him. You got, uh, you know, West Virginia is still recruiting wide receivers pretty heavily in the class of 2023. So, um, you know, Rodney Gallagher is going to be uh, coming in to fill in after Sam James probably, but um, you know, Caden Prather's got to prove himself this year. A lot of eyes are on him, and I think he's going to live up to it. So he's definitely my number one. Uh, number two, I think this is where we're going to see Jarrell Williams really shine. I think he's going to be the guy that goes in there and uh, he's he's tall, he's lanky, he can go out there and you know outrun guys and get down the field and make those big catches. So I think this is where we're definitely going to see Jarrell Williams shine. Even though I do have him playing some at the uh, X, I think he's going to find more of his home here at the uh, Y. At the Z, so. Yeah, I've actually I've got Caden Prather at the one. I think that you know through this receiving core, like you said, we're pretty much going to agree with on all the ones. Uh, but on the twos is where it gets choppy. Uh, I've actually got Cortez Bram as my two on this one. Um, so while so while Cruz has him at the X position, I have him at the Z position. Uh, yeah, a lot of those guys are going to be you know interchangeable. Be moving, Along moving the around. you know when yeah. it gets to the two and three deep, they're all going to be interchangeable and they're all going to play different positions. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, agree I just, with you guys. Caden Prather at the one for sure. Um, I went Jeremiah Aaron at the two just because, uh, like I said, I think he's more of a fit inside receiver, but I think by need he's going to play some outside starting out. So, And I really like Jeremiah Aaron, so I wanted to get him on here somewhere. So I'll put him here at the Z, second string. But I almost went Jarrell Williams, almost went Preston Fox. But I uh, like Jeremiah Aaron, had to have him on the depth chart somewhere, so I'll put him here at Z. All right, uh, moving on right along. Uh, let's talk tight end now. Um, got some uh, new additions there uh, with Brian Palinde. Got some guys coming in the summer. Corbin Page and such, and then, of course, some guys you added last year, Traylon Davis, Victor Wickstrom, and the like. Uh, first string, I went Mike O. Second string, I went Brian Palindi. Almost flipped those because I think Palindi's got a chance to overtake that first string spot with where Mike O's been out with injury. I think Palindi's a great blocker, but he's shown some things in the in the past game. But I think when Mike O comes back, he's a little bit more athletic and uh, can do a little bit more in the past game. So I think he'll still – take back that first string spot. So I went Michael Laughlin followed by Brian Palinde second. Uh, Steve, what about you at tight end? See, I'm, I'm the same as you, but see, I think that it's going to, I think the season will start off with Michael at number one with, uh, with Brian Palinde too. Uh, yeah. But I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Brian Palinde is going to take that position over because that, I don't know. To me, it seems like he would give the offense a new dynamic, you know, being able to, to throw to their tight end. And, you know, if, you know, like we've touched on before, I think if you can add both of those guys into the mix at the same time, that's going to make provide a lot of different options for your offense. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to say Brian Palinde one and Mike O2. Oh, I like it. I like it. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Bradley, what about you? What you got at tight end? Yeah, I think that they're both just going to play an equal amount of time. I think that they're both good players and – we're going to see a lot of tight end action this year, I think. So I think that uh, we do have a pretty stacked tight end group there, but from what I've heard, nobody else is really ready to step into those, you know, uh, playing roles just yet. We might see a little bit of Corbin page or something like that a little bit later on, but yeah, yeah, I think that these two guys are just going to be splitting it 
60, 40, 50, 50. Yeah. Just depending on I who think, we're playing that week, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think right now, you know, West Virginia with like I think Mike O's a senior or a junior. I'm pretty sure he's a senior though. I know Palinde's a senior. So, you know, like both those guys in this year, Paige, like you said, you might see him in spots. I think he'll redshirt, but you can still see him in like we said up to those four games. But I think Paige is extremely talented. And I think he's the future of the position moving forward, you know, probably following this year. So Excited about him. Definitely glad you mentioned him. But let's uh, talk about some more uh, big guys and even bigger guys as we move down here to the front, to the offensive line, the area that really, as we all know, needed improvement. We think that it has improved with all these guys coming back. But uh, starting off on the left side, left tackle, uh, first string, second string, left tackle. What are you talking about there, Bradley? Um, So I'm going to go pretty basic with all these linemen. I think that it's pretty well known that we have our starting five. Uh, we got a battle for that five six in that five six spot, and then we've got two guys that are seven and eight that kind of back up pretty well that are ready to play, and then after that it's just kind of up for a toss up. So left tackle, obviously, I'm starting Wyatt Milam, um, lefty. They moved him over from last year on the words of uh, Matt Coach Moore. He wanted to hold him back and yep. not uh, rush him into that left tackle position. So um, we'll see if he actually thrives there this year. After that, on the left tackle, I think that they've had Chris Mayo behind him. I know that Jaquay Hubbard, I think they, they definitely have this certain thing where they're trying to keep linemen on the same side of the field. So I think Jaquay Hubbard is focused on the right-hand side. And I think Chris Moe has worked at left uh, left guard until they move him out to left tackle. So I think that that's probably going to be our number two out there. Uh, it could be Jaquay Hubbard, though, um, if he's not starting on the other side, or Brandon Yates. So whoever's not starting on the other side of the line is probably um, also the backup there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I think I think that I have the exact same thing as you. I have Wyatt Milam and Chris Mayo. Uh, Wyatt Milam's a given, as we said, one of the highest-rated recruits, especially all highest-rated offensive linemen West Virginia's ever pulled in recruiting-wise. Showed last year he was a great player, freshman All-American. Moving over to the left tackle this season, so feel a lot better about the quarterback's blind side. And then I like Chris Mayo. Um, he was a high-rated recruit as well in his own right. Four-star. Hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't really recruit. showed that yet, but I think that he's he's on his way too. I think it's just taking some time to develop, but I think he's going to play, get on the field this season in a reserve role, and who knows what the future holds. So, yeah, I like Mayo. Yeah, they talk about taking that step a lot, which is very fitting for Lyman, but they're always talking Definitely. about taking that step. A lot of these guys have got to take that step. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Steven, what about you? Me and Bradley got the same. You got the same one and two. You got something different. Yeah, I was going to say, we can. We don't got to waste a whole lot of time on that one because I got the same as you guys on that one. You can have the next I one. Figured. You can Oh, yeah, no, go you're ahead. good. You're good. Yeah. Touched off good topics. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Kick us off uh, Kick us off left guard then, Stephen. Uh, first and second uh, string. What do you got? Obviously, you got to go James Gemitter. You know, like sure. I said, all, or like Bradley said, sorry, that all of these ones are going to be set in stone. There's not going to be much movement until, you know, forced to move, you know, once the season starts. Uh, but number two, I got Jordan White. I think that he's going to be okay. – uh, provide quality depth. And I think that the line as a whole is going to provide, you know, have a lot of quality depth with, um, you know, a lot of guys have played multiple positions along this line. And I think that makes them, you know, all the more versatile. Definitely. Definitely. I, I agree with you, J, uh, James Gmitter first. Uh, second, I wanted to go Jordan White as well, but I've, I've got, him, got him in a couple spots on the line, so I didn't want to have him in all three. So I went Nick Malone. <laughs> I think Nick Malone's a guy that's really came yeah. on, uh, hometown guy. So I uh, went with Nick Malone second string uh, there. So I got James Gmitter, Nick Malone, but I definitely think if it came down to it and something happened to Gmitter, it would be Jordan White that took over there for sure. But uh, Bradley, what about you? Yeah, they're at left guard. 
obviously Shams Goodmitter. Um, I think Jordan White is going to be my number two at center. So I'm for the sake of just like being different. I think that the left guard spot is actually going to be one of the upcoming freshmen. And I think that that might be, uh, I'm honestly not too sure who it might be. I was trying to look it through just to check and see who I wanted it to be, but um, I'll tell you in a second, but yeah, I think it's gonna be one of the upcoming freshmen and you ask me a second. I'll tell you who I think it is. All right. All right. All right. Think about it and then let it come to you and uh, come, come with it. Okay. I'll let you know. You keep, you keep going and I'll just randomly <laughs> right. interrupt and I'll tell you. Who okay. All right. Who's going to be the backup left guard? Sounds good. We'll be waiting. Yeah. We'll be waiting on it. Uh, center. Um, I think it's a given Zach Frazier. So that's my number one uh, second string. I went, that's one of the spots that I have Jordan White. So Jordan White, second string center behind uh, Zach Frazier. Um, Steven, what about you there at center? See, I got Zach Frazier one, but I don't know. Like Tyler, Tyler Connolly. I haven't heard a lot about this kid. Yeah, but I think well, he's a former walk-on, but I mean, I know he was repping there before they started giving Jordan White reps there, so he would definitely be, I think, the one if not for, if not for Jordan White, I think. To be honest with you, I don't know a lot about that position. I haven't looked at the two spot on that one. There's so many different guys that fluctuate through that offensive line. Yeah. you know, past that one position. Definitely, I think they had Brandon Yates even taking some snaps at center in the spring. So definitely, they're you know yeah they've, they've been they've been emphasizing no, they've been so emphasizing many. multi-positionality. They've been like yeah, let's yeah. make sure everybody can play everywhere, which has been yeah. beneficial. I think that that helps, especially when you get in the season. Injuries come up, you know, things like that for sure. Uh, Bradley, uh, what about you at center? Got anything different? Um, center, yeah, obviously Zach Frazier. That guy is the heart and soul of our whole entire team, probably. Um, after that, Jordan White, and I think that that's been the guy that's really sank into that role and has played the most center. I'm pretty sure. And I think he played center in the Golden Blue game too. Um, outside of that, I would also look for Landing Livingston. He's an upcoming freshman, and I'm going to put him there in the third string. I think that he's a guy that they're kind of grooming to be their center. Um, he's got a big personality, loves the Mountaineers, and I think that that's the kind of guy – he's got a good head on him. So I think that's the kind of guy that you want playing center. So I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if we needed – like something happened to Zach Frazier, the guy backing up Jordan White. Um, probably, it probably wouldn't be an upcoming freshman, but that's a guy that we could see, you know, them talk about at the center position. I just wanted to bring him up. I like Landon. Yeah. So. No, I do too. I think he's definitely got a bright future. Uh, moving right along, offensive line, uh, right guard. Uh, I went Doug Nestor, and I went Jordan White again, second string. I think Jordan White literally is probably the second string at left guard, center, and right guard. If you ask me, you know, if anything was to happen to any one of those guys, I feel like Jordan White's, you know, just the sixth lineman. Whenever they need someone else, it's going to be Jordan White. I think he's really talented. So, Doug Nestor, Jordan White there for me. Uh, Steven, what about you? Right, we're at the right tackle position, right? Make sure uh, right, guard. right guard. Right guard, sorry. Yeah, see, I was one. I went one forward. Uh, yeah, I got that Doug Nestor and Jordan White as well. Bradley? Yeah, I got Doug Nestor, and for the sake of being different, because I'm trying to like not double up on Jordan White. It's Jordan White, yeah. obviously. But then at this spot, I think is where you have Nick Malone. And on the left guard spot, I like Nick Malone. Maurice Hamilton would be the guy that Ooh, I would pick. Good one. Big, good thick one. Big guy. Low. He's like six foot four. Yeah, he's huge. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if we put him in there to get that run game really going. So I think that's where he's going to find his future in the Mountaineer. Gold he's definitely Blue. got the size to play, play as a freshman. He's definitely ready. Yeah. He's definitely not going to have the body right yet, but you know, he gets in the gym a little bit in a year. He might be a good sure. replacement for James Committer when he's gone. Sure. So the one spot on the offensive line that has a little bit of intrigue that's not, you know, we're all going to definitely have the same 
first stringer is right tackle where the battle is kind of ongoing. Uh, Brandon Yates, Jaquay Hubbard there, um, you know, for sure battling to see who's going to start. They've kind of went back and forth. Uh, we saw the left tackle was kind of the weak spot of the Mountaineers offensive line last year. They moved wide mile over there trying to solidify that. Brandon Yates, who was the starter there, now at the right side, along with Jaquay Hubbard, who transferred from Virginia, didn't really get in the action last year until late in the game. But now he's battling. Uh, so what do you guys think they're at right tackle? Um, who you got first string, second string, Bradley? Yeah, so this one, like you said, is the most intrigue on the offensive line. And I'm going to go with Jaquay Hubbard. Brandon Yates has been battling for this position for like – granted, he was in left, left tackle and battled for that, and then he didn't do great last year, and he's been moved over this year. But he just hasn't been able to really um, solidify his spot. And so – I think that it's just a mental thing, and I think Jaquay Hubbard's worked really hard. He's changed his body. He's putting in the effort. And so I think when it comes to it, he's going to be the guy to take that step, like what we mentioned earlier. I think he's going to be the guy to take that step, and it'll be Jaquay Hubbard number one and Brandon Yates number two. If he doesn't transfer out, I hope he doesn't transfer out. Um, if he does transfer out, then I think it will be Doug Nestor in that spot. So I like it. I like it. I think I think so. You know, that's something that definitely is a wild card there is – Potentially, if they could want, to, if they wanted to, they could slide Doug Nestor out to the right tackle, move Jordan White in at right guard. If you feel like Jordan White's in your top five offensive linemen more so than Brandon Yates and Jaquay Hubbard, so I definitely think that's something interesting. I went uh, Brandon Yates one, Jaquay Hubbard two. I think you can go either way there. Um, you know, it's going to go back and forth throughout the season, maybe even we'll see what happens in fall camp. But I, I stuck with Yates uh, for now, just because you know he's has the starting experience so i kind of just leaned into that um steven what about you right tackle yeah i went uh jaquay hubbard at one and uh brandon yates at two i just feel like if he was going to do it he would have done it by now you know yeah that's true that's true indeed well uh interesting we'll see how that plays out uh that's uh, all for the offensive side we're gonna flip over to the defense we'll try and uh push through these here so we don't uh keep you guys too long listening but uh defensive tackle we'll kick it off with um Dante Steele is my first string. Uh, second string, I think there's a lot of guys you could put there. Um, I went Jalen Thornton. I think, you know, as we all know, his dad, John Thornton, was a stud at West Virginia. It's in the bloodline. You got uh, two legacy guys there for me. So I went Dante Steele and Jalen Thornton. Uh, what about you, a defensive tackle, Brad? Yeah, I think that this is another one of those positions like offensive line where we got our set four or five guys and who they're going to be playing with. So it's going to be Dante Steele's at number one. And, yeah, I agree with you, Jalen Thornton. But uh, I think that they also really like Zachary Lawton, so he'll get in there some. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, Hammond Russell. That guy's gotten a lot of speaking if he's uh, recovered from his injury. Definitely. Uh, Steven, what about you? Defensive tackle. Yeah, I don't have anything different. It's Dante, T- Dante Stills and Jalen Thornton. But I think that like there's it. a few guys that might get a few different opportunities at that position as well. All right, moving right along. Nose tackle. Uh, West Virginia lost to Keem Mesidor, as we all know. This would have been his spot. So, uh, filling in first string, I got Jordan Jefferson. Second strings where it kind of gets interesting. Uh, Hammond Russell that Bradley mentioned, I could definitely consider him. Mike Lockhart that just came in from Georgia Tech is definitely someone that I think will potentially play there. But I went uh, Edward Vesterin and Eddie V. I like him a lot. I came on late last season. I think he's going to continue to uh, factor in there. He was out for the spring, so, um, you know, fell back a little bit there. But I think he'll factor right back in in fall camp. So I went Jordan Jefferson and Eddie V at nose tackle. Uh, Bradley, what about what you? What you got nose tackle? Yeah, I'm going Jordan Jefferson. Uh, I think he's bound to have a big year this year. He's really got the chance to shine now that Akeem has left. And Jordan Jefferson has looked good last year when he had in his limited role that he had last year behind Akeem. 
So I think he's set to have a good year if he puts it into it. And after that, I do have Mike Lockhart. I like him from Georgia Tech. He's got a big build. He seems like he's going to really cement down our front line and uh, give us a different look that uh, we just haven't had yet. So I like Mike Lockhart there, and I think that he's going to have a good year with us. Absolutely. I think he's definitely going to have going to have a good year and be a factor for the Mountaineers. Uh, Steven, what about you? Nose tackle? Actually, yeah, Jordan Jefferson, and then I got Mike Lockhart as well. I like it. I like it. Probably probably the most likely. I went with a kind of wild card pick. Uh, defensive end, uh, last position here on the defensive front. Um, first string, Taj Alston. I think he's going to have a quietly impressive year. You know, Dante Steele is going to draw a lot of attention, and I think Taj Alston's got potential to break out even more than he already has in the past because of that. Second string, had to go with the hometown guy right down here in Mercer County where we're at, you know, from uh, Bluefield, Mama Mater, uh, Sean Martin, second string. Uh, Bradley, what about you, defensive end? Yeah, I think this is no question. It's Taj Olsen and then it's Sean Martin. It's They've been talking Sean Martin up, and people are expecting big things from him. And Taj Olsen has been so consistent in his time here. It feels like he's been here for a century. I can't remember a team without having Taj Olsen on it, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, True. He feels like he's been here forever. It feels like he's been here forever. But, yeah, I think Sean Martin's ready to make that step, and I'm excited to see him play. I've, I've been looking forward to it since he uh, committed to West Virginia. Uh, Steven, are we going for the hat trick uh, all the same here at defensive end, or you got something different? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, figured, I figured. All right, so Dante Steele's uh, – I mean, it could be Taj Austin and uh, Sean Martin there at defensive end. Uh, definitely want to shout out Asani Redwood, though. I know, Bradley, you mentioned him the other day, you know, off mic when we were talking about, you know, some guys that could factor in as freshmen. I definitely think he's a guy that could play. I uh, had a lot of sacks last season, and, you know, he hasn't been playing football that long. He's got great size. So, I think he, he could factor in there, and we may see him play as a true freshman on that defensive line. Definitely thought Yeah, you got, him, you got him listed in the next section. So, I was going to bring him up in that one. Yeah, that's true. I did. You know, I, did, I, I, I did thought about him, him in the bandit spot, but that's yeah. a good spot for him. So I had him. On, I have him on there, but I'm like, he's he's like what two fifty, two sixty. So I'm like, I don't know. Do they want yeah. a bandit that big? But he's quick, so yeah, definitely think he could be one. But they say sure. you know Jared Bartlett and Leno Carr are two completely different builds. So that's true. That's true. They got different bodies. That's one thing I like that some of these positions they got uh, different body types that are both good players. And so talking about that bandit spot, now we'll move on to it. Um, Jared Bartlett and Leno Carr that Bradley mentioned. They've kind of been battling there. Jared Bartlett, we saw last season, have a really good game, you know, the three sacks against VT. So kind of showed his potential. He beefed up some this offseason, still maintained his speed apparently. So I went with Bartlett there and uh, Linnell Carr second. Uh, what about you there, Bandit, Brad? Yeah, with Bandit, uh, I'm going Jared Bartlett, probably number one. I like, I know him and Linnell Carr have been battling it out. Um, they really don't. It's kind of just like what kind of situation do we need them in? Jared Bartlett's not as consistent. Linnell Carr's – Big, but he doesn't seem to have as many highs. He hasn't really just sank into his, the system yet. So that's why I wanted to bring up Asani Redwood, a guy out of Georgia that had 19 sacks in one season. And it seems we like to bring a lot of pressure from the bandit position. And at a bigger size like that, if he's got the athleticism, he can really compete with those tackles in the Big 12 and can really wreak havoc on some quarterbacks. So I'm telling you, Asani Redwood is definitely a name to look out for. If he can get in here and fall and really make a name for himself and prove that he's – you know, he's got the body and the athleticism to play right now, and it's really going to be up to work and how bad he wants it. So just a name to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Linnell Carr, I think, is a guy that's got a bright future. Uh, I know Neil Brown last year said that he's probably the best pure pass rusher on the team, so he could definitely factor in. But uh, me and Bradley both have Jared Bartlett first string, Linnell Carr second string. Uh, Stephen, what about you? Uh, I actually went Linnell Carr first string and Jared Ooh, Bartlett. I like it. I like it. I think, yeah, like I said, I, I think, you know, he's got – some of the best pass rushing skills on the team. So definitely he could uh, take that and they're both for sure going to play there 
as we'll see uh, with a lot of these spots going through the defenses, two guys that'll play, you know, there more so than one's a starter and one's not. Because not going to say it's going to be 50-50 in all spots, but a lot of these I think are, including the next one we're going to here at Will Linebacker. Um, for me, first string Lance Dixon, second string Exry Lowe, and I think both those guys are going to play a lot. Uh, Bradley, what about you? Yeah, I'm not going to deviate from that. I just want to say that Lance Dixon, I think, is probably going to be an unsung hero of our defense this year. The guy's got a chance to be big, former Penn State uh, player, transferred out as a freshman. Um, he's got a chance to be special. So I'm, I, I hope he really makes that jump this year. Yeah, I'm really high on Lance Dixon. I think he was a top 10 linebacker recruit in the country coming out of high school. So he's got a lot of potential, and I think this could be a breakout year for him for sure. Um, Steven, what about you, Will Linebacker? No, I got Lance Dixon and next reload as well. For sure. Uh, solidified in stone, moving through the linebacking core now. Mike Linebacker, this is a position of interest. West Virginia lost yeah, Josh Chandler Samito. Yeah, a little bit more fun, fun here. here. Brought in some uh, brought in some guys that will compete at this position. I went Lee Coba first string, and then second string I went uh, Tyreek Austin K. I think that, uh, you know, come from Miami, he's going to factory and almost went with a, a freshman that I don't know if, if either, if none of you guys will talk about, it, he definitely deserves a mention, but we'll see what happens when we get there. But I uh, went Lee Coba and Tyreek Austin Cave, first and second string. Bradley, what about you, Mike Linebacker? Yeah. I, in this one, I think Lee Coba is definitely locked down the starting position. They talk about how much they love watching him play, and I think that he's just impressed the coaches too much to not start. Um, after that, I'm definitely more open. I don't want to submit myself on tack, uh, Tyreek Austin Cave. And yeah. I like Trey Lathan. I think Trey Lathan's got a shot to come in here That's and the one. Uh, try to play. I think he's got I think he's got a I think he's hungry and he wants to try to play. He's a big recruit, one of our top five recruits out of last year's recruiting class. So um, he's he's coming in ready to play. So Yeah, definitely think he's got the potential. Uh Steven, what about you? What you got there in the middle at Mike Linebacker? No, uh, obviously I've been a big fan of Lee Coba, so I've got him and my him at my one, and then I've also got Tyreek Austin Cave as my two. Definitely, like it. I like it. Um, moving right along, let's talk about the spear position. Another one of interest here, where if is going to be bringing in a, a new starter there, uh, regardless of who it ends up being. But spear position, West Virginia's defense, as we know, kind of a hybrid uh, nickel corner slash linebacker slash safety kind of roving all around the defense. And really a guy West Virginia has used with great success in the past when you look at Jackie Matthews, uh, Tyke Smith, and some guys that played that position. Uh, but this year I'm going with the first string, Jasir Cox, transfer from North Dakota State. Played linebacker at NDSU, but was all over the field, almost in like that safety type of role. Kind of played that nickel corner for them as well, so really fits right in. Bigger body. Second string, I think, is a guy that will compete with him there. And Davis Mallinger, a guy I'm really high on, probably the fastest player on the team. Athlete recruit, was a high-rated recruit as well. And I think you got two different bodies there. you got Jasir Cox, which can kind of be a bigger guy if you need to go against a bigger lineup. And then you can bring in Mallinger if they're kind of spreading you out and need a quicker guy. So I like both those two there. That's where I went with on the spear. A lot of other guys that can factor in those. So uh, what do you got, Bradley? Yeah, I'm also starting Jasir Cox. I like him a lot. I like NDSU. He's a champion. Um, he comes in with a good pedigree. We've done good from bringing FCS up to FBS. And we've been – really successful with that. So I think Jasir Cox is probably going to come in and submit that starting spot. Um, I noticed you didn't bring him up because uh, St. McLeod would have been starting in this yeah. spot. Obviously he had his incident. Uh, there's been wow. much talking about that. Neil Brown has talked about how he didn't, uh, he didn't really want to talk about it because it's not a football injury. So he doesn't understand the healing process as much. And, you know, right. um, he says he's been doing fine. He's been healing at home, but to see what really happens out of that, um, 
you know, best wishes to him, but we just don't know what's happening there. So I um, wanted to give him just like a nod of what's going on with St. McLeod because he, he played last year and he people were coming yeah. in thinking he was going to start this year. So definitely. after that, I think it's definitely, definitely Davis Malinger. People talk about his speed. Neil Brown wants speed in the backfield right now, and I think that that's where we're going to get it from. He's going to be able to run with everybody. I like it. I like it definitely. Uh, St. McLeod, just the uncertainty of it's kind of why I left him out as well. Um, like I said, he definitely was probably going to be the incumbent starter there before the uh, incident, and so we'll see how that happens, how the healing process goes to see how he factors in there. But definitely think he has the potential too. So um, definitely got to look for there. Uh, Stephen, what about you at Spear? What do you got? Uh, yeah, I went <clears throat> I went the same. I went Jasir Cox 1 and then Davis Mallinger 2. Love it. I set it in stone. We all three got it, so that's how it's going to be. Mark it down. Uh, left side cornerback moving into the defensive backfield now. Obviously, Charles Woods uh, solidified as number one. I think he's going to be one of the best corners in the conference and potentially one of the best corners in the country. I've got that type of uh, hope for Charles Woods. Second string, this is where it gets kind of fun. A lot of guys that are going to factor in here. West Virginia just brought in a lot of transfers. But I'm going with the true freshman, Jacoby Spells. Thank you, like the field. He's the field right away. So I'm going second string, left corner, Jacoby Spells. Bradley, what do you got? Yeah, I think it's Charles Woods and Jacoby Spells as well. I was going to say, he's just he's too good of an athlete to not come in here and get playing time immediately. So I think that he's going to be seeing some snaps first game of the year. Absolutely, especially with the position that West Virginia needs and him being so high-rated. I definitely think he's going to find a way onto the field one way or the other. Uh, Stephen, what about you, though? Left side cornerback. Yeah, same as you guys, Charles Woods and Jacoby Spills. <laughs> Love it. That's it. That's how it's going to be then. Uh, right side cornerback, flipping it over to the other side. This is where it's kind of interesting. You had some guys battling throughout the spring, young guys. Um, so um, can you go any way here? I'm going with the transfers as my first and second string. West Virginia just brought in. I went first string Wesley McCormick from James Madison, second string Rashad Ajaye. Um, don't know. You know, that's just kind of guessing. Really don't know. I think it could be either one there. I think Wilson Lamp also has potential. And, and of course, Jacoby Spells, don't count him out. as possibly ended up as a starter on this side. Who knows? But I went Wesley McCormick and Rashad Ajayi, one and two. What about you, Bradley, on the right side there at cornerback? Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of testing and moving at quarterback, really by committee, uh, cornerback by committee, until um, we really see who's going to be the guys to step up and really earn those jobs. Um, it's not as secure on this side, but I'm going to go with Andrew Wilson Lamp. I thought he had a good, uh, I thought he had a good Golden Blue game. I think he's trying to make that jump, and then after that, it's probably the transfers. So, yeah, Stephen, what you got there on the right side at cornerback? I've actually got uh, Rashad Jai at one and Wesley McCormick at two. Nice, nice. I think that could go either way. I think both those guys were pretty high rated by PFF when they were playing. So, like those additions from West Virginia through the transfer portal. Um, moving on to the backfield, I mean, more into the defensive backfield now, a little bit further back as we're talking about the safeties now. Free safety, um, West Virginia breaking in, you know, new starter here as well. New starter at both safeties position as he lost Sean Mahone and Alonzo Adai. Uh, we saw Aubrey Burks there in the spring. Um, but I think I'm going Hershey McLaurin, first string, Aubrey Burks, second string here. Um, not that I didn't like Aubrey Burks' play, but I think McLaurin, I like his size and his potential. I think in the spring, you know, he hadn't factored, you know, settled in. He's going to settle in more in training camp, and I think maybe he overtakes that. So I'm predicting Hershey McLaurin one, Aubrey Burks two. Uh, Bradley, what about you at free safety? Yeah, I'm sticking right there with you. I think Aubrey Burks looked impressive, and I think that that says more about uh, – how good Hershey McLaurin's upside is. So, um, yeah, I'm sick there, right there with you. But I think that that's going to be a position where we were worried, where it might be a little bit more sound than um, what we were six months ago. 
Yeah, definitely feel a lot better about it uh, moving forward. Uh, Stephen, what about you? Free safety, who you got? Yeah, same as you guys, Hershey and then Aubrey. Like it. I like it. That's what it's going to be. There's definitely some names that have not been in Mountaineer mouths yet. So, yeah, people are going to be talking about these guys because somebody's got to step up and somebody's got to do it. And we just don't know who yet. For sure. As we go through this, uh, you know, the secondary, especially, definitely. Um, Next one, cat safety. Another new starter, as I said, going to be breaking in there. Um, In the spring, we saw Marcus Floyd, the guy that transferred we thought would play corner, actually playing here. Think that stays true. Think he's pretty much solidified himself there as a starter. And I like having a guy with cornerback skills play in that safety spot. So I got Marcus Floyd number one. Uh, second string, I went with another transfer the West Virginia just brought in. I know he's kind of listed as a cornerback, but could play safety as well. And I think he kind of does that because West Virginia may need him there uh, coming in right away. So I went Jalen Shelton second string there at Cat Safety. Uh, Bradley, what do you got there? Yeah, and again, I'm not going to deviate off of you. I think that that's pretty much where we're sitting at. I think Marcus Ford has submitted himself as a starter, as you said. And yeah, I don't think Jalen would come transferring in if he didn't think he could battle for that spot, and I think he's probably going to earn that. Love it. Uh, Steven, what about you? Yeah, I've got Marcus Floyd and then Jalen Shelton as well. Beautiful. So we're all all together, you know, pretty much throughout the secondary. Uh, for the most part, I like to see that. So hopefully we'll see how it shakes out. Um, last thing to cover is a little bit of special teams, and then we'll we'll get out of here. But uh, kicker, a uh, little bit of a battle going on there. West Virginia brought in Parker Grothaus, you know, mainly for a kickoff specialist, but he's definitely battling there with last year's starter Casey Legg. And then, of course, Danny King is a guy there as well. Um, I'm sticking with Casey Legg, though. Loved what I saw from him last year. I think he's only going to get better. So I'm going Casey Legg one, Parker Grothaus two. Uh, Bradley, what do you got? I don't know. I might go with Parker Grothaus. I think he's got a big upside. Casey Legg is a good one. You know, I love me some leg, but he did struggle a little bit last year from past 45. You know, his accuracy really dropped after that. Um, inside of 35, 40, he's spot on, dead on, not missing it. So, um, if he doesn't get that picked out, then, then Parker Grothaus can hit that because he is our leg. So, yeah. Um, if he's accurate, then I could definitely see him taking that starting spot. I like it. I think it's going to be a battle. Um, Stephen, what about you, kicker? Uh, I think that I think that they're actually going to split time. Casey Leg and Grothaus. Uh, I think that they're going. You know, between the field goal position and the place kicker position, they're going to split time. I think so, too. I think, you know, like Bradley said, Casey Legg could handle short. Parker Grothouse could handle long. And, of course, I think Parker Grothouse is going to be the kickoff specialist as well. Um, other side, uh, Punter, West Virginia breaking a new one now. Um, brought in, you know, Oliver Straw from Australia. So I definitely got him first string. But I do like Colton McGee as well. I think that's still a battle that's ongoing. But uh, what about you, Bradley? Who do you got there first and second string at Punter? Yeah, I'm actually going to go Colton McGee at first string solely for the fact of Oliver Straw looked a little young, a little shaky out there in front of so many people. So uh, I'm going to put Colton McGee in the first spot right now, followed by Oliver Straw. But hopefully he works his way into it, the Ollie punter. I like it. Yeah, you want the, Ozzie, those Aussie punter. punters. Yeah, those Aussie punters are, are legit. So hopefully he ends up being nice. Uh, Steve, what about you? No, I've actually got Oliver Straw one and then Colton McGee two. I think, you know, anybody's going to be nervous when they're first in front of people, but. He'll yeah. come around. It's going to take, take some time. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, last thing we want to talk about is kick returner and punt returner. We'll start off with kick returner. And this is just purely guessing, really, because we really don't know who's going to factor in. We've got a big group of names here. Um, so I think it could potentially be any of these guys. And um, who knows? It could even be someone else that we didn't, you know, choose from for our pool of players for each position. But I went, you know, first string Jeremiah Aaron. As I've said, I've talked to him up a lot. Like the Juco guy, I think he's quick twitch. Quick twitch. That's so hard to say. I always struggle with it every time. But I uh, went Jeremiah Aaron one, Davis Mallinger two. As for my kick returners, uh, Bradley, what about you? 
Yeah, I got a – they started Sam James there, uh, or punt return, sorry, because uh, we're going kick return. Uh, kick return, yeah, I'm probably going Jeremiah Aaron and Davis Malinger. I think they're going to want the speed. I like it. Uh, Steven, what you got? Uh, I've got – hold on. I had to pull it back up. I was texting. Sorry. You're good, bud. Hey, man, I know I know how that goes. Well, while, while he's pulling it back up, Bradley, uh, what do you got, punt returner? Punt returner, I got Sam James. That's who they had in the spring game. I would not have said that. Had you asked me before the spring game, I probably would have said Jeremiah Aaron or Grayson Milosevic or Reese Smith. But they started Sam James back there, so I think that they're really wanting to get him more incorporated and giving him a chance to get the ball in his hands. So I'm going to go Sam James number one, and I'm going to go Grayson Milosevic number two. I think that they just like the short hands of Grayson. I like it. That's uh, I got Sam James number one punt returner as well. You know, that's my guy. I think he's going to have a good year. Hopefully make some plays back there. And then second string, I went with Reese Smith because I think he's a se- deceptively quick, and I'd like to see him uh, back there. Uh, Steven, what about you, uh, kick returner and punt returner? Uh, for the kick returner, I've got Sam James and Grayson Malashevich, and then punt returner, I've got – I've actually got Sam James one, and then I've got Reese Smith two. I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, that's what we got. Way too early depth chart projections. Uh, maybe we'll, you know, when the depth chart, first depth chart of the season comes out, we'll uh, look back and see how well we did or how awful we did. And, you know, that'll be something kind of fun to do for sure uh, moving forward. You know, we'll make this a, make this a trend every offseason. Once the roster is close to solidified, we'll hit up some depth chart projections. Uh, that being said, uh, we'll get ready to get out here. If you're watching this on the YouTube side, do us a favor if you have. If you haven't already, hit that like button. Give us that thumbs up. That helps this video hit the YouTube algorithm, helps it be pushed out to more people. And as always, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer football content out to Mountaineer Nation. If you're listening on the audio side, definitely leave us a rating, review, and uh, just continue to share us there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. As I said, we're on Instagram now, Country Roads Webcast, Country Roads Webcast on Facebook at WVU Country Roads on Twitter. And we also have merch now. Uh, I got the shirt on here. I don't know if you can see it. I'm wearing one of the white tees uh, with the Country Roads webcast logo. Definitely check out our merch store. Uh, link for that will be in the video description if you're watching on YouTube. Also in the show notes if you're listening on the audio side. And then on any of our social media pages, you can click our bio and get to our shop from there. So definitely love you guys to uh, support us. And we appreciate you guys here at Mountaineer Nation when you do so. And that's one of the best ways to do so now with the merch store. Um, that being said, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we close out this edition of the Country Roads webcast? No, nah, man, it's been an exciting offseason. About to get into fall ball and about to figure this shit out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a great season. I'm hyped for it. Steven, anything? Got anything? Nope. All right. So uh, it was a fun one. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll be back here soon on the CRW podcast. In the meantime, in between time, definitely you know, check us out on the social medias and check us out on YouTube, uh, Talking the Trail. Bradley's going to have you know recruiting videos coming out. We'll have other updates posted there as we move forward uh, throughout the offseason and heading into an exciting 2022 W football season we're all looking forward to. That being said, as always, I'm Jordan for Steven and Bradley. Until next time, let's go. Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...